Wolfpack Nation, welcome back to Scott Woods' One Man Wolfpack. Uh, again, another special guest. Unfortunately, he's, he's one of those uh, in the Ben McCauley area that I was unfortunately not able to play with. Uh, but career averages of 12 and a half, six rebounds, two assists, over 1,200 points in his career. It's just under 600 rebounds, 200 assists. Uh, member of the 2007 All-ACC Tournament team. He was third team All-ACC in 0607, as well as All-Freshman team 0607. Brandon Costner, man, thank you for joining us on the show today. Hey, man, thanks for having me. You know, we'll have a... Uh, We'll have a good time today for sure. But before we move on, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up yet with Bet Rivers yet, now is the time because they're offering a $250 match bonus to turn your deposit into cash. But what sets them apart is that they require just one play through to turn your bonus into cash money with their new instant rush, instant approval, sorry, withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable. With the conference tournament season tipping off, get into action by going to betrivers.com today or by downloading the BetRivers iOS app. Must be 21 years or older. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So the first question I give everybody, what, what, is, what is Brandon Costner up to now? What, give, us, give us what you've been doing, what you've been doing since you left school. Give us just a quick rundown. We'll touch into a little bit of the professional basketball side, but well, what have you been up to now? Oh man, been playing since school nonstop. Uh, even got a wife, got a couple kids running around here, and uh, made Raleigh my home after school. Been in and out of Asia, Europe, pretty much South America, anywhere you name it, I've been there probably. And oh. uh, you know, still trying to still trying to hang in there with these young guys. I hear you, man. So we'll we'll definitely touch on that professional side of it, um, but we'll start kind of. You growing up, so you grew up in New Jersey, correct? Yep. Um, obviously, a big-time recruit coming out of there. Uh, the, the one thing I like to find out about everybody is at some point, you know, during your career, you, you hit a point where you're like, okay, I, I could be good at this game. So when you were growing up in New Jersey, when did it hit you and you're like, this is something I could possibly do at the college level and maybe even the professional level? When did it first kind of hit you? It probably hit me my, say my freshman year of high school. Yeah. Uh, six two, the point guard, sophomore, uh, I mean, shooting guard. And uh, I was playing up, playing obviously with the older guys. And uh, it was a big moment in the game. And uh, I came off the bench, provided a nice little spark. And yeah. I think it kind of like, you know, once you get the approval of the older, older guys, it gives you that confidence like, okay, this is something that, uh, you know, I could pursue. And then that summer, I went from six two to six eight, and still <laughs> kept all my, you know, all my guard skills. And uh, you know, it was off to the races. So, um, kind of touch on the recruiting. Obviously, big time recruit, McDonald's All American. Herb is who recruited you at NC State. But kind of go through that process, you know, because it's to me, it's always interesting because everybody has, you know, they have their list of schools. They got their their five schools that they've narrowed it down to. So. Kind of go through who you were thinking about at the time. And then on top of it, the post question would be, why was it NC State? Okay. Well, I'd say my last, my final five was UCLA, Kansas, NC State, Seton Hall, and Michigan. Okay. Those are some big name programs. Big name programs. Uh, honestly, I felt like, I really wanted to go to UCLA. It was my my dream school growing up. 
Yeah. And I went out there for a visit. I just didn't get good vibes from from the program at the time. And uh, I'm a I'm a real big vibes guy and, and just felt like it wasn't going to be a good fit. So that ruled them out. And uh, Kansas, uh, I was pretty close to going to Kansas with Coach Self and, and those guys, but they had such a huge recruiting class at the time. Like I was buddies with, I think they had, I would have been the fifth McDonald's All-American and they would have got a sixth. So they had a, yeah. a guy, I don't know, obviously, you know, Mario Chalmers. Yeah. They had Julian Wright at the time, who was also a McDonald's All-American. They had Micah Downs. They had CJ Miles, who ended up going to the pros out of high school and not going, but he was committed to Kansas at the time. Yeah. Um, so I just felt like, you know, that that wasn't going to give me the best opportunity to, you know, kind of set myself apart. Obviously, we would have won. That would have been great. Um, but, you know, just being around those guys as much as I was on the circuit at the time, I was like, you know what, let me try to go somewhere where I can uh, maybe stand out a little bit more. Um, and then I think Seton Hall probably was just too close to home, man. You know, yeah. You got to get out a little bit. It was 15, 20 minutes from my house. Went to Seton Hall prep. Um, so it was just too close. I had to get out, stand out on my own feet a little bit. And uh, Herb and Coach Harris were persistent and great and uh, real good family vibe down here. And, um, yeah. you know, I just went and made that move. Yeah. No, uh, well, that's, all, that's always one of the interesting aspects of it is because especially when you're you're in the moment, you almost kind of get annoyed with, you know, everybody's promising you all these things. And then you're almost relieved uh, when you commit. So we'll kind of go through the, the the steps of NC State. So you you first come to NC State, big time recruit. Um, what, what was Herb telling you? What was your thoughts? Because everybody goes through it. It's the same thing when you go from a senior in high school to a freshman in college, there's going to be you know, a change. It's the same thing with, you know, me and you did it when you're a senior in college. Now you're going to the professional level. There's a change there. And some people take it well, some people don't take it as well. Kind of talk about that, that first year and, and the things that you learned, obviously the injury uh, through a monkey wrench and everything, but kind of talk about that. Um, people who haven't been fortunate enough to be in that position don't understand like the level switch of like, you think that you're doing your best, you're working hard, you, 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 you got it all down packed, like you got it all planned out. And then you get to a point where it's this next level and it's so much beyond, all right, what you're thinking you're ready for at the time. Yeah. And you have that, that choice of either, all right, I'm gonna lean into this and figure it out and, and do this whole process over or you quit and uh you know i got there they were they had gone to i want to say four straight tournaments yeah and uh some great veterans Ilian eptimov and ingen atzer gavin grant said was there brackman um i mean it was like a great team and yeah. um it forced you to, well, forced me to level my game up again. Um, whatever you come into school thinking that you're coming with, you got to start all over and prove yourself again. So um, yeah. 
I got there, I was being recruited to play like a two, three. Uh-huh. Um, I was always big with guard skills. And, yeah. You know, Herb's offense at the time, the Princeton basically was like five out. And yeah. a lot of point center, like you run a lot of stuff through the center and everybody else spread out on the wings and back cuts and movement. And so it was a pretty open like system. Um, and yeah, I just uh, got there. I was playing well, working my way in. And um, I think I was in a position to earn some pretty good minutes and be pretty steady in the rotation at the time. And um, like fourth or fifth game in, I just you know got, got this injury and uh, sat me down for the rest of the year. Yeah, so, you know, a lot of times, uh... You know, injuries are tough from a, a mental standpoint and not being able to play and having to watch those guys. So when you were there watching, obviously your freshman year, you want to be out there, you want to play, you have a setback. How much were you able to learn from being able to watch the game but not necessarily be a part of it? Oh, man. I mean, you just learn pace. You learn the flow. You learn little nuances here and there, watching how the guys operate, how they move, how they conduct themselves off the court, how they get their schoolwork done or don't get their schoolwork done. Yeah. <laughs> you learn what to do, what not to do. And uh, obviously there's a little bit of catch up when you're not on the court. Yeah. But that mental side, once you're able to get back on the court, it allows your uh, process of picking things back up you know, it cuts down so much time. Yeah, for sure. Um, so second year, you, you missed a lot of time. The guy that recruited you just went to a tournament and then you find out that he's no longer going to be with the program. Yeah. Uh, I, I went through the same change with, with Sydney my, my sophomore year. Uh, Mark came in my junior year. So there's uncertainty there. You know, you, you, you were recruited by, you know, Herb and Coach Harris and there's just, you know, a little bit of confusion because you don't know how this 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 new coach is going to respond to you because you weren't recruited by him. So you don't know where you're going to fit in that system. So talk kind of that second year in that transition, because, you know, I tell everybody I had half of a foot out the door to go to Notre Dame after Sydney left. But I had a talk with Coach Lowe and he convinced me to stay. So kind of go through what you were thinking when you heard that, you know, Herb was leaving. Uh, you've been through an injury. You've been through some things. Kind of take us to that mindset and what made you stay at NC State. Man, those were uh, those were pretty dark times, you know. Like, <laughs> like you said, it was a lot of uncertainty, not only on the coaching front, because here's this, on the one hand, there's this guy that recruited you that you put your trust in and, and you came to the school under the guise that he was going to be there the whole time and you're going to learn from this person. And... Uh, all of a sudden he's gone, you're hurt. You don't know if you're going to come back as the same player. Yeah. You know, your confidence is probably a little bit down, a little bit shot. And, um, you know, I want to say the process of finding a coach at the time was like, I think it took like six weeks. Yeah. Five weeks. So there's like five, six weeks where we're just on campus, regular students and, and, you know, walking around, everybody's asking you what's going on. You just don't have an answer for them. So, yeah. Um, there was a good, I'm going to say a week or two where I contemplated following him to Arizona State. 
mm-hmm. the time. And also possibly going to Memphis with Calipari. Mm-hmm. And um, ultimately, I just, I was enjoying my time there. You know, I was enjoying yeah. the friends that we, that I made. Um, the rules were a lot different. You know, if you're transferring back then. Yeah. You got to sit out a full year. Sit out a whole year. Sit out two if you're transferring mm-hmm. to ACC. Yeah. So, you know, coming off of an injury, having just sat, I didn't really want to sit another year or two. Yeah. So that probably factored in a lot. Um, and yeah, just ultimately having the belief that I'll be able to figure it out that the guys that I've now are now my brothers that I've been with for a whole year, we'll yeah. be able to figure it out together. And uh, whoever came in, you know, as much as it was going to be adjustment for us, it was going to have to be adjustment for them because they were walking into a successful program with really skilled high-level guys. Yeah. Yeah. No, no doubt. So that second year, Sydney comes in, um, you know, Coach Harry stays on staff, Monty, Pete. Um, you have a great year. Great year. 17 points, seven rebounds, two assists. Kind of go through that. Coming off injury, a new coach, uh, obviously not, maybe not the, you know, the finish you guys want, but kind of talk about that season and what that meant for you to kind of get back on that court and show that you could, you know, still play the game at a high level after being injured. Well, it was, it kind of just happened, you know, by osmosis, like Brackman left, went to the draft, Seth got drafted. Um, So it was kind of, Tony Bethel left, Cam Bennerman left, um, Ilian was gone. Um, it was kind of like a little bit bad news bears-ish, like whoever. Yeah. Now was that the year? Now, was that the year you guys only had like seven or six scholarship players? Yeah. Okay, was- okay. Cause I remember Ben was talking about this the other day too. And I didn't even I remember that everybody kind of took off and there wasn't a lot of guys there, but I, yeah. I when he said seven scholarship players or six scholarship players, I couldn't believe it. So um but no, I mean that 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 is the wild part is that you know a new coach comes and every all the seniors are going. You get all these guys are like, okay, I'm I'm out of here. Um, but you step in and play well. So kind of go about that. Um, it was kind of like a a buildup. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of room for error with five, six, seven scholarship guys, and yeah, we brought in uh, Trevor Ferguson, who was a transfer from Pitt, and Arnold again and uh who else Brian Neiman came that year and yeah it was just like you know plugging holes and, and patches wherever we could and I went from being recruited to be playing two three and now I'm me and Ben are Ben is a, a four kind of like a four three at the time yeah now we're the starting five and four <laughs> yeah seeing the best conference in the country at the time um yeah you know, so that was a, a wake-up call. It was almost like being thrown into the fire. Either you, you put up and play or, you know, you're going to get embarrassed out there. Um, luckily, we had Ingen Atzer, great point guard, great yeah. leader. Um, obviously, I think you know this better than anybody. You can't win in college without good guards. Yeah. And uh, his, like, steady – calm and leadership was able to uh guide us early on 
and uh, weather the storm of trying to figure it out with a bunch of guys that, you know, didn't have that much experience at the time. Um, but unfortunately, he got hurt pretty early into the season, just as we, we caught a good rhythm, I feel like. And then it was, you know, on me and Ben and Courtney Fells and, and these guys kind of carry us the rest of the year until I want to say Ingen got healthy toward the ACC tournament. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, it was, like I said, it was, you didn't want to get embarrassed. So you went out there, you played hard, you played your best. Obviously, we were all very skilled guys and had a nice skill set that we could take advantage of in the league. And uh, we were pretty successful at that year. Yeah, no doubt. So then year three, uh, JJ comes in. So obviously he throws a monkey wrench in and a lot of things because of, you know, his skill level and the hype that's, that's surrounding him. You go from eight and a half to two assists a game, eight, sorry, eight and a half points, five rebounds, two assists a game. Uh, talk about that transition. Cause obviously you've been a lot of the guys, not as many scholarship players. You guys are, have a lot more freedom cause it's, it's on your guys' shoulders at that point. So then now he kind of gets his, his own first recruiting class in kind of talk about that and how that kind of had a big, big change on, you know, the play and everything like that. I mean, I, I think you of all people know that, you know, once, once that coach gets their, their guys in, it's kind of a different story. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to no fault of those guys, um, they came in, JJ was a great player and, and he demanded he demanded the time, he demanded the, the touches and the minutes and, and all the rest of us who were, you know, really focused on more so than anything, we were a bunch of guys that just wanted to win. We wanted to play the right yeah. way. So if that meant, you know, your opportunity gets cut in half, which is what pretty much it happens to like me, Ben and Courtney, those main guys yeah. I think were the, the biggest, uh, people that it was affected, that were affected by it, then, you know, that's what you have to do if you want to win. We really felt like um, with JJ um, and the new class with Farnold again, we, we felt like we had a chance. We had a good team on paper. We had a lot of talent. Um, unfortunately, we, we just couldn't put it together. Like for whatever reason, um, it just didn't mesh. And yeah. um, it's probably hard relying on a freshman big to to be the main go-to who like I said to no fault of his own he's NBA talent he's yeah got dreams of moving on and, and you know it's it's tough in college to to kind of get through that kind of thing yeah no doubt so your fourth year which would be you know your redshirt junior year 14 points a game six rebounds two and a half assists so you you get back on and obviously we know JJ takes off um Kind of go through that last year uh, and what you were thinking with the mindset, especially towards the end of the year. Because if you had came back, we could have played together. So I'm gonna have to ask you the question: Well, why didn't you? Why didn't you hang around for at least one more year? <laughs> you know, uh, obviously that year, you know, those guys being gone, you had more opportunity. Um, it was another situation where we were pretty good on paper. We were talented. Like if you look at that team. A lot of the guys end up being really good pros, but for whatever reason in, in college, it, it was tough to put it together. Um, I think that year we were dealing with a lot of 
frustrations from the season before having not lived up to expectations. Yeah. We're dealing with maybe some, you know, disagreements on philosophies, whether that, you know, be internal or external or whatever the cases may be. And uh, obviously it was another year, another disappointing year. And um, I think that probably factored more into me leaving than, than anything. I was good buddies with Dennis Horner and felt like uh, if I came back, that would uh, really hamper his opportunity of, of being able to showcase what he could do. Yeah. Um, and it was like, he was stuck behind me a lot of uh, the time that I was there. I felt like if I left now his senior year, he can finally get to get to get some shine. And, um, you know, I graduated early and it was just time, I just time to move on. Well, I, I understand. I would have loved to play with you. Ben, Ben's another one of those I would have, I'd have loved to have the opportunity to play with, but uh, it doesn't always work out. I got a few of those. Ralston Turner is another one who redshirted my, my senior year who I'd, have, who I'd have really enjoyed playing with. So yeah, you decide to leave NC State. You go on to, to have a, a wild professional career. Normally, normally I write down like all the countries that you've played in. But I, I, it, it, the list was so long that I couldn't write them all down. So you're going to have to fill us in because you're going to know better than I will. You're going to have to fill us in on all the countries you've played at um, and kind of give us that rundown because you've had a long, great professional career. So fill us in on that. Uh, let's see. Uh, I got out, um, obviously left early, didn't get drafted, wasn't expecting to, um, but got invited ultimately to go to vet camp with Chicago, um, went to Belgium from there to play for Chris Finch, who is now the head coach of the Timberwolves. Mm -hmm. Um, and off to a great start, you know, averaging 20, I think through the first five games. And then he leaves cause he gets a job in the G league. And okay. New coach comes in whole situation over again. And uh, I want to say the second game with that new coach being there ended up uh, fracturing my tibia. Um, so now I'm I'm out, you know, the rest of the year. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I think that happened in maybe October. And yeah. I'm basically waiting there from October to June, you know, how the European season goes. Yeah. Come back in June – get surgery uh, three days after my wedding and uh, no honeymoon. That was my honeymoon. And uh, <laughs> I was supposed to be out, I think, five months. And I entered the G League draft at the time and uh, got picked, I think, seventh and went straight to Utah two months after the surgery. So, um Probably shouldn't have been out there, but, you know, you kind of do what you got to do in these situations. Yeah. Um, went to Utah, played really well, um, got some accolades, some acclaim, then came back. I played two years for the Los Angeles Defenders uh, with Coach Eric Musselman, who is head coach of the University of Arkansas right now. Used to yep. coach the Sacramento Kings. Um, led the D-League in scoring – 
a couple times. Um, D-League played a month a few times, made some all-star teams. Um, then from there, went to China. I think I got five years in China, Korea, Japan, Puerto Rico, Lebanon, <laughs> Republic. Um, I'm sure I'm missing someplace too. Pretty much. Well, there's about 20 on the list. I can tell you, it was a long list. It's a long list, but it was it was some good numbers and and, and some winning seasons in, in, during the list. So that was the most important part. Um, oh, it's a uh, it's a good time for sure. I tell everybody, I'm like everybody asks me like, oh, what's where's your favorite place to play? Or and I'm like, you got to be like specific. It's not necessarily the favorite place or your favorite country. It's more like, well, what's your favorite food or who has the best beach? Right. There's too many variables. It's like exactly the basketball could be good in one place, the living could be good in another, the food could be good in another. So um, people ask me that same question. Uh, I don't really have an answer. I would say, you know, you go play in a place like Puerto Rico and your apartment is on the beach and yeah. you know, you're playing, that's pretty nice. But yeah. you know, you know, you might go to another country like I played in Hong Kong for a year. It's it's a great like international city with great food, Michelin star restaurants, and yeah, hotels, and um, you know it, you you can't just pin down one place. Yeah, there's so many variables. Yeah, well, it's uh, you, you still got got a few more years left in you. I mean, I I do. Uh, COVID's kind of put a a wrench in things for for everybody, I believe. Yeah. But, you know, if, if something comes out that, that piques my interest, then, then yeah, I'll look into it. But if not, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable being here, being home, being with my family. Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's the reason I stopped was when COVID hit, I had my firstborn and I was, you hear some of those horror stories about the guys that are, they got stuck in Europe and they, oh, yeah, they weren't getting all their pay. And I was like, dude, if this comes back again I was like I, I there's no way I could take my family over there and do because I the one thing I have learned is that I am not going to do well by myself for 10 exactly. months over there so I was like I, I gotta have them there so that's where we made the decision I know it's been tough on a lot of guys too because it's the, the pay has you know come down a little bit because of the risk which is which is throwing a monkey wrench in a lot of things so I gotta ask you so you play in the African League with J. Cole <laughs> What, yeah. what was that like? I mean, it was an experience of a lifetime. You know, yeah. anytime you get the chance to be part of the first of something, um, you should take advantage of it, especially the, the first inaugural NBA Africa League is, yeah. is pretty amazing. And then to go over there with your buddy who happens to be a world-famous rapper and, you know, you get to fly in a private jet and, and see – this beautiful place in the world and, and experience with somebody like that, it's, it's something you can't pass up. No. So what was, was COVID allowing fans in at the time? So Rwanda was pretty like stricter than majority of the places we had been as far as COVID. So they, yeah. at that time, they still had curfew. Like anybody that was out past curfew had to spend the night in the stadium like got arrested and spent the night in the stadium out in the elements. And like, that was their lesson for violating curfew. Um, fans had to, fans were able to come, but they had to test negative, like at the arena, like they got rapid tests there. So um, we were stuck in a bubble 
it was like us and I want to say 12 other teams in this hotel, you know, for six, seven weeks. And, um, you know, all we could see was each other, except we were only allowed out of the room for, you know, two, three hours a day, kind of, you know, prison rec yard type of thing. So uh, that was the tough part about it. But just being there and, and feeling the, the history and, and, you know, being able to experience with those guys from all those different countries and places and, and you know, some of those people and players had never been able to have some type of experience like that or yeah, um, showcase their talents on that kind of stage. And, you know, it was just cool to, to be a part of the first for a lot of guys for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, no, no doubt. So the, my next question is, do you, do you see J. Cole doing it again? Do you see a future and professional basketball form because I've played I've played pickup with him a few times and, and the guy can play and the one thing I have learned about him is he, that he works at it I mean he yeah. he he puts in the time he wants to be good so the question is do you see him possibly doing this again in the future um I I think that you can never say never um a dude that's as competitive and successful as he is in all of his ventures yeah um I probably wouldn't rule it out. Um, I don't know. I, I like to tell people, you know, that's the perfect example of um, situations and, and, and who your coaches, who your teammates are, because you've played pickup with them. I know a lot of pros that play with them and they're like, this dude can really play. But then yeah. he goes over there and, you know, he's th- got 20 plays thrown down his throat and, He's yeah, on the world stage and a million people are watching him shoot layups and, and you know, it throws a monkey wrenching thing. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if he wouldn't try to come back and, and redeem himself in his eyes. You know, yeah. I already have the most respect for him just for being able to to do that and, and watch him put the time in and the work that he does. So um, he doesn't have to worry about earning it from me or any of the rest of these guys. But if he wants to go out and redeem himself, you know, I'm fully supportive. Yeah, no, that's, and that's the thing too, that you don't really think about as a guy that, you know, didn't play necessarily uh, like organized professional basketball ever. And then you kind of get thrown into it. Just the, the X's and O's standpoint that he hasn't necessarily had leading up to it is a, is a big piece. And for him to put himself out there, you know, with everybody watching, just says a lot about him and how much he wants to, you know, make it work and become a really good player. Last, the, the, the guy played his last game at 17 in a varsity game in high school. Yes. To pick it back up in the pros at 36 is, that's impressive. That, that takes, some, takes some cojones. For sure. So the next part, I call it the starting five. It's just five random questions. Uh, I know you said... Now you said the other day you watched the podcast. It might have been Ben. So you've, you've kind of seen it. So a lot of them are very similar questions. So starting five brought to you by Refivey. Need a local real estate agent? As we all know, the real estate market is crazy right now. Maybe you have questions or maybe you just need an honest opinion from a trusted real estate professional to ensure your best interest is protected. Whether you're buying, selling, or investing, call Reef Ivy with Dogwood Properties. If you're considering the possibility of buying or selling a home, call Reef on his personal cell number of 919-995-3111. Again, that's 919-995-3111. He's a personal friend, one of the best in the triangle. Please reach out to Reef with any real estate needs. So the first question, 
right, dinner with any two people, alive or dead, who would you pick? Any two. Dinner with any two people, alive or dead. Any two. I've had wow. family, politicians, athletes. I've had, I've had it all. So you, nothing will surprise me at this point. Wow. First two to come to your mind. That's 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 deep, man. That's that's pretty heavy right there. Um, Any two. All right. Well, uh, let's go with Michael Jordan. It's a great one. Um, and uh, I like golf. Tiger Woods. That's an even better one. See, I like that. The two greatest of all time in their profession. And you can't go wrong with that. And, yeah, it'd be interesting banter. Yeah. It would be you, you would you would gain a lot of knowledge. I could promise you that. Absolutely. You would just wish you could go back to your 14-year-old self and take that knowledge and then apply it to what you you know what you've learned over the years. That would be helpful. Yeah, yeah huh? let's keep it pretty surface. I'm not gonna go too deep. That, that's that's <laughs> so where are you taking them to eat? You got to take them somewhere Ooh. on or near campus. So we're talking Hillsboro, Western, a um, little bit of Avery Ferry towards Sammy's, but we won't go much past that. So where, where are you going to take them? What's the spot? Um, it's not there anymore, unfortunately. Um, but there used to be a little burger spot called Melvin's. Okay. And uh, I probably would take them there. That's a good one. That's the first time I've had a Melvin's. It's yeah. the first time I've had a Melvin's. So I, I like the new stuff. You know, you, I, I get a lot of Amedios, a lot of Sammy's. Yeah. Uh, there's some Clues Coney. Uh, uh, this, so was I, a, this was a Hillsborough Street classic, and it's unfortunately not there anymore. There's the, the Target, and it was next to the bowling alley. Um, you know, <laughs> some good memories there. Well, the one thing I've learned is we don't need more targets. So hopefully that's the only target that'll be on campus right there. So the third one, this, this sometimes gets people a little bit. This is, this is a tough one. The best advice you've ever received and by who? Hmm. Probably my dad. He, he, he really drilled this. Former into- professional basketball player as well, right? Former professional basketball player, former Parade All-American and, you know, St. Joe's Hall of Fame and uh, ex-NBA guy. So um, early on, and still I find myself having to go back to it. Um, I used to struggle confidence with confidence a little bit, um, but he used to like drill into my head. Don't be scared to be good. Like yeah. allow yourself to step out on that ledge and excel and be okay with being good and playing well and, and people looking up to like, don't be afraid of it, lean into it. And, yeah. you know, just believe in yourself ultimately. Well, that's, that's a good one. You can't go wrong with that. So wrong. the fourth one, your favorite arena to play in outside of RBC for us and PNC for the newer guys. In, in school or period. Anywhere you can name a high school gym. I'm open to anything, wherever you can name something in Europe that you played in. Um, well, at state, I used to love quiet in the, the crowd at the Dean Dome. Um, that was always fun for me. 
Um, that's, that's a good one. That's a good one. And uh, overseas, one, it was uh, – I didn't play there. My father played there. It's Olympiacos in Greece. Yep. Um, it was like their, all their games against his team at the time and a team called Ike or Parathenaikos. Um, it just gets ridiculous. Like cherry bombs being thrown from one side to the other, yeah. hitting people upside the head, and bottles. And um, I played a yearly game against Valencia at Valencia. And I thought that was, uh, it was pretty hype at the time when I was in Belgium. See, I hated, I hated Valencia because at halftime, they would pull out the cigarettes right. and it would just be a, a cloud smoke cloud on like sitting on top so the first like five minutes of the third quarter you're just you can't breathe it's like cloudy you like yeah. you need eye drops in your eyes after a while I, I i hated it i absolutely hated playing valencia well we actually always played them really well there but i for some reason i just hated because i as soon as they start smoking i was like i was like, i'm out of my own you're out you're out so <laughs> i can so the last one uh-huh. greatest memory in an nc state uniform Ooh. Hmm. Probably the the fans meeting us on the tarmac after the ACC tournament. Just yeah, them you know being proud of you and, and showing their uh, adulation and respect for the effort that you guys put forth. Um, that's probably my you know, the moment that sticks out the most to me. Um, yeah. Obviously, like, being a Carolina and fans storming the court is great and all that stuff, but, like, those quiet moments when, like, the support is genuine, um, yeah. that kind of, like, you know, hits home and stays with you. Yeah, well, that, I, I keep telling them, uh, NC State's in a, in a rough stretch right now, but uh, – I keep telling them, I'm like, listen, this fan base can be very brutal sometimes. Very, very brutal. Um, but w- when things go well, there's, there's nothing like them. Uh, yeah. They, 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 yeah, I get it. There's, they sometimes can be what I call fair weather. You know, when, they, when it's going bad, they, they hate you. But when it's oh, going we're front good. Runners. We're front runners for sure. But, but that's know. all fans. That's, they, the Europe, that's, that's all the fans. They just want to mm-hmm. see, see something good happen. But when it starts going good and you guys do some good things like you guys did in that ACC tournament, um, that was 07, right? 07, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's, uh, that's something special for sure. I remember that when um, we just lost the Sweet 16 and we came home. Uh, and there was a whole crowd at the Dell welcoming us. And I'm like, dude, we just lost. But they were they were there just showing showing support. And that's what it's about. But Brandon, I appreciate you coming on here. Hey, man, uh, thanks I, for having me. I hope uh, – I know you said and and Ben are working out now. So you're, you're getting ready for the next season coming up, where it'll be. Uh, you're still trying to figure out, correct? Yeah, still trying to work it out. Uh, either maybe the summer league in China or uh, – wait till the fall and try to head back to uh, Japan. Okay. All right. Well, you guys get right. Um, I may stop in on a workout just to watch because I don't, I don't feel like doing any more workouts, but again, man, I appreciate, I appreciate you coming in. I'll be a good rebounder. I'll run down some rebound. I get some good passes too. Uh, We don't need you to do that. You know what you (laughs) Don't need that. Well, I'll take I, care of that part. I rebound much better now that I don't play because when I was playing, I I tell everybody I only rebound when the ball actually comes to me. If it falls in my lap, I'll grab it. But if not, 
Don't 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 ask me to rebound. Smart man, business decisions, man, business. <laughs> but again, thank you, man. Wolfpack Nation, please do all the the subscribing, liking, all that stuff. Again, thank you to the Field of Sixty Eight for for putting this together. And again, Brandon, thanks for coming on, buddy. Awesome, man. Thank you. All right, go pack. Go pack. Absolutely.